It's Thierry Henry! He scored! He scored for Arsenal in the Bernabeu! That's a shaman! Giroud plays it in the middle! Ahead again! And Ramsey arriving! And Arsenal are back in front! Scores in the FA Cup final again! Just as he did. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. We won a game. We won a game 3 0. Won a game comfortably. We're at home against a very mediocre team in the rain. But we're back on the horse. We've got another three points. And quite frankly, I've got no idea who we are as a team anymore. But we've got Steve from In the Clock End podcast joining us again. You're back, Steve. How you doing, mate? Very well, mate. Thank you for having me back. I thought um, it was about time I showed my face. It's been it's been a few weeks, hasn't it? Yeah. No, it's all right. Well, we've had, you know, you've been moving. Uh, we've had clashes of days. We've had met on and all sorts of things. But I, but you, you did let me down last week. And did you, did you listen to the full podcast? Did you only catch glimpses of it? Quite about 20 minutes of it. So okay. mostly, but like I was you like... Didn't, you didn't get a dick of the day then, did you? No, was I dick of the day? You were, you were, you were the dickiest of the dayiest. That's Sorry, what you were, mate. To no, be it's fair, good, mate. It's all good. You won't, you won't have told the listeners that like you ghosted me all day and then text me like <laughs> half eight going, "Are you podding?" And I was like, "Well, let's assume we weren't podding because I hadn't heard nothing." That's it's a it's, just, it's a it's a classic case of lack of communication between two people in a relationship, Steve. Uh, yeah. You know, I think if we were going to go to couples therapy or what we call podcasters therapy, maybe. Um, I think you know people just say just increase the communication and basically yeah. don't play hard to get. Text. So it's, it's a little text, text mate. Little text. Oh. But um, well, that's that. Well, how how how's your move been in with with your actual girlfriend? How's that going? It's been full on, mate. Um, you look very shiny and new in your new in your new uh, room. <laughs> it is very it's very white. Um, you know what? You, mm. you know you've got too many too much clutter when you've got like eleven boxes of Arsenal magazines just lying around in a mm. spare room. Like you know you know it's time to sort of like declutter. Uh, but no, it's been good, mate. It's it's exciting. It's, I feel like, like an adult. It's very yeah. surreal. Yeah, but, with um, that. We had a lawn done today, so we've got a lawn, we've got a shed, um, we're going to get a lawnmower soon. Hey, honestly, like, listen, the, for the younger listeners, this, this is the sort of stuff you look forward to in life. Like, I, oh, mate. Trips to, trips to Ikea, you can't beat it. Oh, mate, it's true. It's so true. There's there's something I got excited about the other day that really caught me by surprise. It was a new Hoover. We got ourselves a new Hoover, and I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is brilliant. And then I was actually going on Saturday night to... Uh, sort of a dinner gathering sort of thing with my girlfriend and uh, we stopped off at um we were waiting for somebody outside the train station just sort of waiting to, to head on over and i caught myself just walking over to this estate agent and just like looking at the local house prices the bedrooms the setups all just like gloating inside and i've realized that's such a thing i do at the moment and i think you know i'm 29 at the moment but approaching 30 very fast and uh, it's definitely something that I'm starting to do, particularly around how Highbury and Highbury and like looking at the houses and the property market and stuff. Look, we've got listeners yeah, who are a little flat. bit younger that older than that, and you know some will be able to listen and understand, some won't. But such is life. But um, I would, such I would is life. for a flat in uh, in Highbury, like the east or west end. Mate, there's 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 quite a few. I, they're, they're going for rent at the moment. Um, and at the end of this tenancy, I, uh, me and my girlfriend looking to move in together, and I'm not, not, not tempted. Oh, if, if you do, I'm coming. Mate, that would be what a that'd podcast place. Unbelievable. How much are oh. they about? What, 1500 rent a month? 
Yeah, well, you can get your one beds or your two beds. They do tend to be a little bit pricier than what you'd expect in the local area. They're not, they're, they're good. They're like really nice, but they're not like premium vibes. I think it's just mm. they can charge a little bit more. Apparently, Robert Perez, Robert Perez has got a flat in there somewhere. Oh, mate. He probably owns I, it, obviously. So. I was, when I was down there a few weeks ago, I just went to the Marble Halls because you can just pretty much walk in there. There's obviously the concierge on, on the desk, mm. but just go in, have a picture. It's all like it was. Yeah. It's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. There's a gym downstairs, fitness first. You can go down and have a little pick up some weights, put them back down again, that sort of stuff. Um, but on the topic of, you know, going to North London, I suppose we should get on to the game. Uh, how was the atmosphere against Southampton? Because, you know, coming off the back of what was a difficult few games, three losses out of the last four, I think I'm right in saying, Anfield, Old Trafford and Goodison. You know, I think there was, particularly after Everton and how this disappointing that was and there was quite a lot of circus going on around that and the uh the days before so what was it like the whole day talk, talk me through the atmosphere um it, it, i mean i think it's it's come to be expected this arsenal team right expect the unexpected expect to be disappointed so i feel like if you, if you set your if, if, if you set the ball low then you can only be um, impressed, right? And it, to, be, to be honest, it, it was fine. Um, it was this? It was very cold, very cold. Very yeah. Um, and I think it's always hard to get up for these sort of games. You know, when you're playing, you no know, dis, no disrespect to Southampton, but whenever you're playing a lesser team, you know, you're not going to get, you know, a Northland derby atmosphere. Um, I, I yeah, I mean, I was at the tier as well, so it was pretty, it was pretty quiet. Uh, but I had a great view. Mm. I was, I was, I was on the front row, row one of the tier, right on the corner. Nice. So it was, yeah, it was honestly a uh, phenomenal view. But then, then yeah, it, it, was pretty flat. it was pretty flat, but, it, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a Saturday kickoff against a, a you know, mid-hill Premier League team. Um, yeah. You know, you're never going to hit the heights of, of, of you know, those European nights. But um, no, it was all right. I mean, to be honest, man, like, I, I went, I was at Goodison on, on, on Monday night. And uh, yeah, I, I was debating going Saturday. I was that peed off i was so i was so annoyed after monday mm. i was like do i really want to go and then i was like oh, what leads away next week do i want to go up to leeds but then you know we mm. win a game and you know all all hope is restored right yeah I, I i don't even know who we are anymore i don't know what performances are going to come out i don't really know well i know what we're going to try and do i just don't know if it's going to work or not and um i don't want to dwell on everton too much we just come out with three nil three nil victory i guess at home so uh, the only way I kind of want to sort of look at it is if how, I guess, in the first 15 minutes, I mean, it was, it screamed of Everton. And much like after the, um, after the Old Trafford game, you know, if you, if you want any game after losing a game, you either want, you know, Everton who are struggling, the fans hate, or, you know, the man, the fans hate the manager, the players don't even want to play for the manager at points, you know, all that sort of stuff, injuries, you want to play like the worst team in the league, which was, you know, arguably Everton at the time. And if you are going to lose to Everton, who are one of the worst teams in the league, you want the other one worst team in the league, but at home. <laughs> so we've got this happening quite a lot this moment, this uh, at the moment where we, after a difficult game, we've got quite an easy game, and it was as much of a gimme as you could get. We've got an Everton, uh, a Southampton team that doesn't even have a goalkeeper they've had to sign a goalkeeper this week a 40 year old goalkeeper that they've got injuries every left right and center and the manager's not quite making it work for them so it was going to be as easy as it got but we 
did make it as hard as it possibly could for about 15 minutes. Mm. Um, formationally and sort of structurally, I guess we'll get onto that. But what did you think about the starting lineup? Because most notably, it was exactly the same as against Everton. Whether or not he would have played a Yang or not, I don't know. Um, and there are was questions it? about that later, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll handle the, yeah. the Bamiyang question later on. But it was exactly the same team, man for man. Yeah. Was it was it announced on the day that Bamiyang wasn't the team? Or was it the day before? Yeah, it was It was the morning. It was um, so, or just before the game, yeah. as in, in Mikel Arteta's interview. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, like, I think, apart from Bamiyang, it was pretty standard. Like that, that's the team you're going to get. You, you're going to mm. see throughout this season. Um, we're not going to see massive changes. Um, but no, it was, it was a good. It was a weird, wasn't it? Like you're right. Like the first 10-15 minutes, we were sloppy, off the pace. Uh, we didn't really look that interested. Um, but then you know, once we got that goal, and it was a lovely goal. Um, it was great on the break, um, and, and we only you know it flipped the game and. You know, we, we we were we were totally in control, and I appreciate you know Southampton. You know, aren't, aren't the best team, and you know, but you can only beat who's in front of you. And I, and I was I was I was I was yeah, pretty pretty impressed with, with with the way that you know we we maintained that momentum, and even the second half, you know, two 0 when the game was pretty much done, you know, we we kept mm. pushing, we kept um, you know asking questions of the defense, and I think I think three 0 flattered them to be honest. I think it could have been six or sevens, um, and it, it it felt quite encouraging that we created so many chances and. You know, we almost had that confidence to to put ourselves in positions where, you know, before we. I know. I mean, it's always easier when you're you're ahead and in, in the game's sort of over. But you know, it, there are times where we're, we're very cautious in our approach, and um, it felt like we had a lot of freedom. And um, it's, it's something you definitely, you know, we, we, I'd like to see. Um, but you know, it's it's easy to say, isn't it, when when you're at home and you're two, three, and looking, you're coasting. But um, mm. I think with with two big games. Well, every game's massive, isn't it? But with you know, West Ham on Wednesday and Leeds on Saturday, um, you, you want to be going into these games on, on a high. And uh, you know, I feel like you know, I, I, I say I'm confident now. Um, we're such a yo-yo team. You know, this Arsenal team never ceases to uh, you know amaze me. Yeah, tell me about it. I know it's 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 you just don't really know what the outcome of what you're going to get is, and I think some. A lot of it is down to the confidence of the players at the time because typically the setup is quite similar and we tend to do the same thing. Um, and this was, and I hate to be, um, I'm, a, I'm a hugely positive person when it comes to Arsenal. I think I'm sometimes far too positive and I get too excited <laughs> and I'm there shouting too loud when we win and forgiving too many people when we lose. Um, but there was something about the first goal that really. Uh, uh, upset me a bit and I don't know if that's a really weird thing to say because it was pretty much one of the goals of the season um, in the sense that the build-up play it was the absolutely perfect Arteta goal you know play it around the back from Ramsdale out drawing the defender uh, or the various defenders pass it quick all the way up the side Saka cut back goal right mm. it's absolute archetypal Arteta goal and what really scared me was that during those 15 minutes at the start where they were having pops on our goal we were playing deep in our half clearly trying to invite them on for us to be able to break i knew full well that the only way we were going to score was a perfect goal and this is an issue that we've had consistently quite a lot and one of the things i really want to see from this team is to be able to just camp ourselves in another half particularly for the first 15 minutes or so we did it against filler we did it against 
Tottenham, where we invited people on and we went and scored these goals, which is fine. We can do that. And we can definitely do that against the bottom teams because I think five out of our seven victories have come from against the bottom five teams. And then the other one was still in the top bottom 10. And then the other one was Spurs who were in the top 10. So like, it feels like we can invite these teams on because we know that we can get through them. But this is a system that doesn't work against teams like, let's hope, uh, sorry, let's hope not West Ham. Like we might not work against them because if we're inviting that pressure from teams like that, we saw it again, this is why we're getting smashed by the big teams. If this is our tactic, let's get back as far as we can and open up the pitch at the front by playing deep. It only takes like it not to go perfectly or the, another opposition press to be good for us to be punished by some of the better teams in the league mm. or the better players in the league, individuals, because we make these silly mistakes ourselves and we invite this pressure on. I mean, look at all the Liverpool goals. They're pretty much all of them came from that. Mm. And I'm not, again, I, this is Southampton and they do invite us to do that sort of thing. But again, all of the goals, like particularly the first one in a game. I knew it had to be perfect. Fortunately, it was. But I, my fear was, you know, it's all ifs, buts and maybes. But it's like, if if it wasn't the perfect goal, where was that goal going to come from? Like, I was feeling for the first 15 minutes, this is an underconfident team. They're trying too hard. They're not counting the opposition half. They're inviting pressure onto ourselves. They are an accident away from carnage. And if it wasn't for Aaron Ramsdale, like, it could have been 1-0 to them at some point anyway. And... um. It, it just worries me that these are the kind of goals we have to score. It's only one type and they always have to be perfect. Um, now, admittedly, after that, Southampton, I think, weren't good. And I think we were very good. Um, but again, playing in that style, but just far more confidently. And when you have a young team, it's high risk. So, yeah, I, I still, uh, my, my feeling after halftime in particular and after the game was really positive. And, and still is, I should say. But I think just looking back at other games and how we score goals and the fixtures we've got coming up, it, there are, there are, I've still got a lot of worries. Does that make sense? Do, 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 do you feel similarly or am I just being a little bit crazy, a little bit Scrooge? You, you're the first person I've, I've sort of, you know, hear say that after a free yeah. athlete. Um, I mean, you're not wrong in terms of what you're saying. Um, mm. We are very reliant on on these perfect moments, but at the same time, I think that's the sort of story of our season. And it's that mm. unpredictable nature that we just have. And it's not very enjoyable at times as a fan, you know, following the team. Um, but, but we just, it's, it's sort of, you know, part of the furniture, right? Mm. This, is, this, is, this is what this current Arsenal team is. This is, this is Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Um, a lot of young and experienced players, inexperienced coach, you know, we're still finding our way. Whether, um, you know, I don't want to get into the to um, because that's just a whole other conversation, but mm. it is frustrating. And, you know, I think I've said it on here before, like when, you know, we do go behind and the system isn't working, it's like, okay, what's the, what's the plan B? Is it, mm. is it bring Lacazette on with half an hour to go? Is it, um, you know, try Pepe for, for 10 minutes? And, you know, we that, that, that will ultimately be our undoing. Um, I, I think we were pretty good on, on the weekend. I think the second half, you know, it was not in day. I thought we, we, we like I said, we, we were a lot more, um, you know, we asked a lot more questions as to Hampton and we were a lot more open to kind of just um, drive the ball forward and, and, and be a lot more creative. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, let's see where we go after, mm. after, after West Ham, right? Well, that's it. But you know what? We've had so many of these games where we can only really see like what the 
like previous result means by looking at the next result and then in, you know, consequently that's exactly the same as what happened happens yeah. the result after the result we're talking about and you know Leeds will only make sense once we've played West Ham and I don't know who's after that but that'll only make sense once, do you know because because yeah. we are playing on such fine margins in a table and that's what happens when you are a mid-table team there's fine margins within each game you know we it, it, anything could have happened against Everton as well um and I think the 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 good thing is we really are beating the teams we need should be beating. And that's not something an Arsenal team really has done very often. And that sounds no. a bit strange when we've had far higher finishes, but even, you know, look at being, being of Arteta's reign, we were beating the big teams and we weren't beating the teams that, that we should beat. And I think that's a really good start. And we really put sound to the sword. And I don't want to sound like a negative um, Nancy because I, I really had a good feeling. I thought we played really well. And it was really exciting. Um, and we got over that. Um, initial 15 minutes of, of, of madness and a little bit nervousness and I'm you know I'm happy that Arteta I wasn't at the time but I am now I am obviously happy that he then gave um, the same team the opportunity because he clearly has a, has a plan I personally again would have liked to see Sambi um, start perhaps but yeah so so we got through the first half that was good I think we had some really good moments um, and then second half we really put some sword what this there was the uh, Odegaard header which was great to see with what I really enjoyed was uh, what was it? Um, Tierney's little miss hit slash flip over, and then <laughs> going across it in. Yeah, he meant it. He meant it. That was really good. But I mean, look, everyone, people spraying balls around. People were confident. Martinelli looks dangerous, confident, athletic. Is like mature. a sure in the first half? Was it in the first half he went through on goal? Yes, yeah, so there was a couple. Didn't have, much, I, didn't have enough pace to get to properly get onto it, if I remember. Yeah, he was the only one that. Um, I think he had an all right game. Um, yeah. He's definitely had a lot better in the last 10 games or so, but uh, I think the P- he made the other people around him good, and that's what is good about him. It's what he does, uh, isn't it? Mm. Did you see this team? Right? He's unpredictable. He is, he, exactly. But you know what? He can win a free kick, and he scored a great goal. He's got a really good goal. You know, I think that finish was great. So, um, and obviously, Gabriel's goal, which was good as well. So, all very good. Um, if we're going to go through people individually, actually, I, sorry, there was one moment I really wanted to bring up. We were 2 0 up on cruising, and it was very obvious that we we're doing very well. We're at, up that end of the pitch. Granite Xhaka does a back heel through ball, right? Somebody then crosses it in from that back heel, and Gabrielle tries to do an overhead kick from the edge of the box. I was like, Christ, these, this team's confident now. Um, talking about a confidence, right? Oh, it's proper it's confidence. crazy what a bit of confidence can do for you. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, a bit of confidence, you got your goalkeeper knee sliding. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was literally fantastic, wasn't it? It's, he just, he just, oh man, he's everything you want to see from just not just a goalkeeper, just, just from someone who plays for your club, someone who you just know it means and it means something and it matters. He just loves it. Whatever it is, he loves it. Loves it. He absolutely loves it. In fact, I'm going to get his Instagram up here. Um, did you see what he posted afterwards? Love this club. Love the team. Yeah, that's exactly it. Let me just. It's just like after a, a little win against Southampton, he just goes, oh, "I love football. I love this team. I love this club. Nothing beats celebrating like you scored yourself." Uh, and um, yeah, it's just he's such a good character to have about the club. I think he's he's a proper leader. Which I did not expect that to happen. He's a character. He's engaged with the fans, and he's a bloody good goalkeeper. So all good things. Um, 
Any notable performances from you when you were there? Like anything that really stood out to you or perhaps didn't stand out to you as much? Um, I'd say... I'm going to take a chat to Gabriel Martinelli, actually, just I thought he was phenomenal. Mm. Um, and I really... I think, like, um, he's someone I'd really like to see down that middle. middle. Um, give, give him more of a free reign. Um, yeah, Martinelli. Yeah, there's a, there's a question about that. And I'd quite like to go into okay. that a bit more. So let, let's 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 take that one to the second half of the pod because I'm quite looking forward to getting stuck into that where his possession, best position what about, is. And what about you? Yeah, I thought well, Saka I thought was amazing. He was a couple of finishes away from being having like an absolutely flawless world class performance, but I thought he was great anyway. Um, I thought party. Whilst he didn't have a, an unbelievable game, I thought it was a really important game for him because he didn't drop a, a what he called a four out of ten. I thought it was a solid six and a half, ten out of ten, a good game that he needed, and he played really well. I thought Xhaka was fine, but he just did Xhaka things. I think he probably helped control a bit in the first ten minutes. I don't know, but um, Erdegaard, I think, is the one that stood out for me. I thought he was class, but like really, really class. Um, so it was good to see him do really well as well. So I think what was really pleasing about this performance is that there was really important games that people needed to perform. And that was Saka to come out with Shell a little bit and do really well. Um, although he has been doing that for the last few games. Party has a good game for the first time since he's come back. Xhaka consistently sort of gets at getting things going again. Um, I thought Gabriel was an absolute beast, which I think was really important. Um, and Tommy Asu, again, great game. I thought... Ben White, if I'm honest, has been disappointing for a couple of games now. Um, I'm not worried. I just think it's part of his development process. He's trying a little bit too hard, perhaps. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought generally really, uh, really good, to, to be honest. Is there anything else you want to sort of bring up from the game that's really important? It's a bit of one of those that's, you know, throughout the game against Southampton, it's it's, it's a Southampton at home on a Saturday. And, yeah, like, there was good and bad things, but really like it's the West Ham game that's really important now and good things need to come from there. We did our job right and mm. yeah, I, I don't think there's that much to say. I think it's the sort of game that without, you know, didn't it, without, I don't want to sound like I'm being disrespectful but we should be winning these sort of games at home and if we, if we want to get back to mm. wherever it is we want to be, wherever that's, you know, top six, top four, these are sort of games that we should be winning and um Okay. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a good response after a difficult week last week, and I think there was a lot of frustration and probably a little bit of nerves going into the game. Um, but no, all in all, mate, um, pleased with the win. Good. Yeah. I, I, the reason why I don't want to go into too much exactly is because we've got some really good questions, and I think there's some really good storylines within this. Okay. Um, there's obviously the Abamyang stuff, um, Erdegaard's presence, what that means for Lacazette and Ketty and all that sort of stuff. So um, let's. Do man of the match and dick of the day. Go on, quick fire. Who's man of the match? I'm going to go with... with Gabby. Gabby Gabs. I just thought he just... Like, I, I, just I just liked his attitude and never stopped running and his, and his pressing. And I think he's... I think, like, listen, I think he's got a long way to go, but I think there's so much potential there. Uh, he mm. just needs a proper run in the team. Yeah, and I, you know, you look back to the games against like Villarreal and whatever last season, and it is absolutely mental. But remember, there was that run of the games that he just wasn't even involved, and he is colossal. Mm. He's a brilliant defender, and if he was at Man City or you know 
uh, Chelsea or whatever, he wouldn't look out of place. And if anything, he had been raving about, he had been raved about for a long time. So, um, <clears throat> very, very good. Uh, my man of match, I think, was Erdegaard, actually. I thought he was class. And he's really starting to get a bit of momentum in the team and really starting to look every bit the player that he could be. Um, he feels like he, he needs a lot of support around him. And I do think that, dare I say it, Shaka and Party those experienced heads that give him that sort of spot support to be a bit more free reign um, really helps someone like him. Um, although I would like to see a bit more of an opportunity between him, Party, and Sambi. Um, okay, who's your dick of the day? My dick of the day? Um, I just had my dick of the day and it's completely gone from my head. Okay. Who's your, can you go yours first? I'll go mine first. Yeah. Mine's... Um, the guy from the FIA, Massey. Oh. Uh, and this isn't just for an F1 reason, even though it was absolutely one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe they've just handed it to Verstappen. And I like oh, Verstappen. No, no, no. I do like Verstappen. And I don't think you can really do anything about it now, but I thought it was pretty crazy and just quite obvious that they just wanted a final lap of madness and did it. And I think it's really unfair on Lewis Hamilton. Um, although... I don't think you can really do about it, anything about it anymore because Max did nothing wrong. But it is BS, and I can't believe it. But what I'm really upset about is that it's triggered a few like memories in my head of bad decisions that have gone against me, or not me, but Arsenal. And the one thing that's just really stuck in my head is the, is the goddamn Van Persie red card against Barcelona. Oh. It was... Like, the, I, it's just... It, anyway, this massive guy has kicked off a number of different things in my head from decisions. Um, even not a decision thing, but, well, it was decisions. Remember the refereeing performance when we could have gone 50 games unbeaten and United ended it, but really it was Damn. the referee. She got kicked Damn. off the park. Um, so, look, I, it's just it's just hit a trigger, and I and I hate him. I hate him for it. So, Lewis Hamilton could have, could have won. I'm sure I'm still happy for Verstappen. But really, it's the uh, it's the Robin Van Persie sending off that's got me. So, not quite relevant to this game. But when you've got a Southampton three 0 at home, and you then watch the F one the next day, I think this is probably something that's hit me hit me harder. To be honest, you know what? You're the second person uh, I was recording earlier. Calvin, who I recorded with, had exactly the same rant. He was not impressed. Oh, did you watch it? I don't really follow Formula One. I I sort of loosely said to him like, "Oh well, you know." My my, I said Hamilton's won a lot. You know, it's nice to share. <laughs> he, he wasn't particularly impressed with that response. Oh, mate, he did oh, appeal it right. I punched and, it. I'd have punched and it. And the and the appeals have sort of been like that. Yeah, but it's, it's difficult because like didn't he cheat? It was it, right. He, he crossed the corner earlier on and should have given the place back. Um. <sighs> I don't think so, because he got pushed off the track by Verstappen, really. Verstappen just kept going straight along. Well, anyway, we're getting to F1 now. Let's move along. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But you can't just make up rules. No. You know. But in that instance, you know, it's a good debate whether you could sit there and go, well, let's penalise Lewis or let's penalise Verstappen, because those are the two drivers involved. Whereas this was like, well, Verstappen just did what he was told, and as did Lewis. It was just rules that didn't exist. So... That was, it was just crazy, and, basically. And he lost the race. Oh, well, I'm sure he's sat in his, like, mansion. Yeah, I'm sure he's okay. I'm, I don't think he's, I don't think he'll be that bothered. Um, absolutely. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, my, okay. My dick of the day, I remember yes. that. It was, my, it was my ex-landlord who didn't give my full deposit back. He was didn't? They didn't give it back. They gave us something it was back. That, it was that poo you left on the floor, wasn't it, mate? That's pissing. Never, never urinate. 
Oh, um, that's classic. No, yeah, yeah, so that's my dick of the day. I've always advised you not to do that. It was, it was, it was, it was the poo in the bathtub. Poo in the bathtub. Didn't, yeah. didn't go down well. Didn't go down well. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're sidetracking a little bit. So, you know, boo to him, boo to Massey, and let's, uh, let's crack on a little bit. So, is there any questions that are jumping out to you immediately? So, thanks again to everyone who sent them in. There's really good. We've got so many at the moment. So, I'm just trying to sift through them all at the moment. Do you have any? Um, it was an interesting one about. Um, well, it's obviously we're going to have to have the conversation. It was it was about is it time to let Lacquer go? Yeah, and, and, and there was another one. Is is Oba's career coming to an end at Arsenal? Um, who who asked these? So we have M six Aslan. Is a uh, is Oba's career coming to an end? Okay. And then we have it time to know, Arsenal go. clips. Uh, what do you think? Who will be number 14 if Aubameyang leaves Arsenal? Oh, that's a good question. There's a lot to unpack there. So should we, should we just address the Aubameyang thing then? So there's quite a few questions about it. Um, so as I say, M6 Aslan is up his career coming to um, an end at Arsenal. Um, all that sort of stuff. So, okay. So it's very, very easy Um to jump on this and go, ah, he's playing because he's playing badly, really. Um, and because he's our captain, so all of us all go, ah, he's mistrading. Yeah, you know, because the has basically said he's a disciplinary issue, and we all jump to conclusions. Um, because it's very easy to, but I think so. James McNicholas and David Ornstein did a really good um article about it in the athletic, and it turns out that the set of circumstances was that he was granted permission to go and leave to see his family in France, right? In um He'd have to leave on the Tuesday. He'd have to be back by Wednesday night because he had training on Thursday. Everybody agreed, very reasonable. What Aubameyang did on Wednesday night, he decided that he'd get his private chat and he'd go back on the Thursday morning, but still be back in time for training, which I don't think is an unreasonable thing to think. And then what they hadn't realised, and to be fair, there's a massive circus going on at the moment in terms of what COVID rules are, travel exemptions, and don't forget that this is even an extra layer of complication because... If you're an elite sportsman, you get all sorts of exemptions and stuff like that. And so what nobody realized was that he had to do a PCR test when he got back, had to wait for results, which means that he would have been on time for training. But because of the Arsenal guidelines and the government guidelines, he then couldn't train. So it was a misunderstanding from his point of view. I think this mix of um, he's out of form, you know, he's got a flash car and then he put the tattoo story up, which was completely legal, was after all these circumstances and was in London. So it was pre-booked from weeks ago and he was always going to get it, but he had to miss training because it's PCR things. So I was like, well, I'm going to just go and get my tattoo like I would plan to. It wasn't during, you know, work hours as such. Um, and he had his PCR test result by then. So there's this kind of cauldron of like difficultness. And I basically think he was a bit of an idiot, but... I don't think he deserves to be properly axed or anything like that. I'd still think he's got something to offer this season. I still think he could give us something off the bench. Um, at least get let him find something, you know, because a happy Bamiang is a good Bamiang. If he scores two at home twice on the row or something like that, he's back in form. He's taking shots and cutting inside like he normally does. Then he's got a lot to offer. And I don't think we can afford to slam him, take the captaincy off him or anything like that. Like, you know, it wasn't like he'd what was being reported at the time, flown to Barcelona to get a tattoo and he missed training. It wasn't the case. So my thoughts on it are, are that really, and I think we don't need to overhype it. I think it doesn't, 
it's not really relevant to the fact that he was late before because I think that was pretty bad. I think this one was just a genuine accident and a bit sloppy. What do you think? Um, so I think you, you, you've kind of hit the, the most important points. Like for me, I think it comes down to a lot of unconscious bias because of what, like the season he's having, the season he had last season. I think there's a lot of frustration there with him. Mm. Um, we often talk about, you know, since since he's had that new contract, he's got the Urzels about him. He's sort of, you know, disappeared and, um, you know, his performances have been, you know, not acceptable this season. So I think it's it gives people ammunition, right, to get frustrated. And people people are reactionary, you know, we're reactionary. As, you know, how, when we came on here after Palace, we were few. Mm. And then we, we win on the Friday and we're, you know, if everything's all happy as Larry again. Um, yeah. I think as an isolated incident, you can sort of say, okay, you know, but I think because of there has been sort of things in the past that, you know, that, you know, they've, they've been leaked to the press, you know, I don't think we were 100% sure on the details, but mm. I think because there has been a history of these sort of things, you, you do sort of kind of question, and, you know, he is club captain, right? And I think he has a yeah. duty. And, listen, you know, it's not like, you know, me and you working our jobs, you know, he, he's, you know, he's in the, he's in the limelight, right? He's, he's, a, he's a celebrity. And, um, you know, like posting on Twitter is just, uh, Instagram, wherever he posted it, like, I appreciate that you know, he has every right to do that. He's not breaking the law. He's not breaking the rules, but it's all mm. about kind of thinking about the consequences and thinking about how it's going to, how it's going to look. Right. And um, I just, I just don't think he, he orchestrates himself very well. I don't think he does himself any favors. Um, and I, I, I also think like, you know, with, with the captaincy and stuff, I think that people are already sort of, um, running out of patience. I think that we've been having the conversations about the captaincy for a long time, and you know, I think you, you, you sort of, you know, add, add the add the performance to the mix, and I think people are just genuinely quite done, you know. And don't get me wrong, you know, the guy, you know, we owe him a lot. He, he carried us when we won the FA Cup, and without him, we never won it. But mm. um, I don't know. I just feel like you know, we're all getting a bit frustrated and a bit um tired with, with his antics right yeah i mean you say antics but i wouldn't say antics you know just... do you know what i mean i he because at his last clubs he was known for being a bit of a hothead a bit somebody who you can't trust and that's never really translated because it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because the narrative is abamyang's not trying abamyang's done abamyang doesn't care right and that's not at all what I'm seeing on the pitch. No, I'm not a training every day, so I don't know, obviously. But as for all of his lack of form, which he is out of like out of form, and he can't finish at the moment for whatever reason, I see an Abamyang that is chasing down every ball, which is not an Abamyang that I've seen ever before. I've seen him sprinting for every ball and like trying to press in a team that doesn't really seem to be pressing. Um, I just see somebody who's hungry and is failing basically. So it doesn't, doesn't really fit the narrative for me that that's the sort of case. I just think that he's... I disagree. Do you? Do you really? I, I, I think he... I, I like Aubameyang. I think he what he brings is... Um, he's obviously a well-liked player, right? You know, mm. he's always smiling and joking and laughing. I think he's got a lot of energy and he's got, you know, he's a very charismatic character. But I think we, you know, we're... You know, we're talking nearly you know, a year and a half now. He's been mm. so poor. 
Um, so if you sort of isolate everything else and you mm. look at his performances, he's just not being good enough. No, he's and, not. You know, age is not mm. on his side. And I think when you, I think I don't think you should, you should have had the captaincy. Um, and these sort of instances mm. just, you sort of feel like, come on, like you know, get it together, think about, mm. um, you know, actions have consequences, and you know, it's, listen, we, we talked about it, definitely. We, we all know we need an upgrade. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's definitely you know sort of player you want on the bench. Definitely, definitely. He, he's not the man to be leading the line. Yeah, I mean, look, if the he question is, was, you're never, you're never going to get back to no but, that level you know, with him. If the question is, should it would have started, and the answer is no. You know, but if 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 the question is, you know, he hasn't been performing well enough, and that's fine. But you know, if I went on there, I would give my absolute everything, <laughs> like. But that doesn't mean to say I should start just because I'm giving my everything because I'm just not good enough. But what I'm saying is that I don't think it's what this is a question around effort and commitment. And what doesn't match up for me is people questioning his effort and commitment when I just not what's not what I see on the pitch. Um, if the question is, would I start him because of how he's been performing? It's quite a different question. And I wouldn't. Um, but I'd like to have him on the bench because I still think he's going to be a useful asset. Do you so, think, though, it's very easy for a football... I mean, I don't know, right? I, 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 but it, I think it can, it's very easy to make yourself look very busy on a football pitch without really doing a lot at all. Um, yeah, but nobody else is doing it, and he hasn't really done it before. Mm. You know, he's like he's just... You know when it, those kind of players that just chase down every ball? That's never been him, but it really has been this season. But if he doesn't, if he's not scoring goals, then ultimately he's not. What are you there for? Oh no, but I'm, I still wouldn't start him. That's 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 yeah. not. But like in in context to the narrative that he's not putting a shift in or doesn't care because he was late back, like that. That's where I'm like, well, I do see him putting a lot of effort in. I do see him committed to the cause. He's not been performing, but it doesn't match up anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That's, I, just, I just think it's a lot of... Like, it shouldn't be related events. to, like, his, yeah. his his form. That's what I mean. Do you okay. know what I mean? I get what you're saying. I just think a lot is... I think because, you know, when you, when you look at it as, from the bigger picture and various different elements, mm. I think it's easy for people to get frustrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hence why there's so many questions <laughs> about him. And, it's true. No. Um, well then, who who go on then? So who who do you think would replace him as number fourteen? So let's 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 go into this because what have we had? So since Henri, we've had Walcott and Aubameyang, both players or all, all three players who are very fast, hmm. love a bit of finishing and love coming in off the left and smacking it or giving a little finesse. Um, so really, if you're going by those metrics, you'd probably have to say what Martinelli. I was thinking more like Klasenach, <laughs> Callum Chambers. Of course, of course. Oh, Nenny. Where's Sinogo? Where's he? <laughs> Is um, um, Max still playing? Yeah, he should do. should do. Um, Quincy Awusuabe, what are you up to, oh, mate? Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone really in the current team. No. If you want an impact player who we're not going to have to wait around to progress, like... Um, uh, yeah, I think I think I think we'd have to hit the market. Yeah, it's going to have to be the market. I mean, it could be. I mean, Balagoon and Katio. I don't think has the longevity. It doesn't really have the um, the skills, to be honest. I don't, I don't think, think he's. But, I think he's a championship mm. player at best. And, and I'm very surprised by Arteta's comments about 
wanting to wanting wanting to to stay at the club. I, I don't see it. I think he's very very poor. But and, you know, you could argue he hasn't. You know, he's never he had a massive loan spell. I think he, he could have mm. probably profited off that. But that's not the question. The, prof- <laughs> the question. No, but tell. Me, but it's a good know. question. It's a good question because my surprise is that nobody's asked that question. So I think we should sort of go into it a little bit. And my, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very strange one because he says all these things like, oh, he's been working really hard in training and he's been really good and he's an ultimate professional. It's like, well, great. But you're only saying this when you're bringing him up against Everton and you haven't actually played him at all anywhere else. So you can't really think this. So maybe it's a contractual thing and they're trying to extend him to send him out on loan to then sell him or something like that. But I do agree with you. I've, Look, Eddie, I like him. I really like Eddie, and I think he can be a good a good to average player somewhere. Oh, Not okay. here. I wonder where you're <laughs> going with that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I yeah. I, I've seen enough, though, and I, I, I just don't think he's got it. And I, I hope I'm wrong, because one day I'd, I'd really like to see him to do well. I really like the kid, um, you know, but I, I just don't see him ever really being good enough to be our front, her first striker. He reminds me very much of um, Jeremy Alladier. You know, he's been knocking around mm. for a long time, but he's never got to that level. And I would like to see him go on loan. I just, I'd like to see him, like, he, he hasn't really had a run in an A team anywhere. You know, Tammy Abraham no. did it when he went to, to Villa and started doing really well when he was in his 20s. But he, then he, he went to Leeds. Then he starts for Leeds, wasn't he? He's he only wasn't. 22. He's only 22. He's still very young. That's what I mean. Maybe we should just give him another... Because <clears throat> Who knows, mate? But when he was yes. at Leeds, it was very different, though. I mean, it was under a Bielsa team against... Like, it was very easy for us to say he should be starting every game because he's coming down from Arsenal. But actually, Championship is a very difficult league. Difficult. Um, yeah. It was the same team that actually ended up mid-table that season. And we are all saying, why can't he get ahead of Bramford? Who's this Bramford guy? Turns out he got an England call up and he's actually really good. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's a tough one, uh, but yeah, I, I do think I like Eddie, but it's time for him to move on, I think. So, I've got a question. Do you want to hear it? Um, yeah, okay. of course. Osman Zor says, How do we keep both Erdegaard and Emil Smith Rowe hot and in form? And I think that's a really, really good question because they like to do similar things. I think they can work together, but they do like to do similar things. They're very similar, aren't they? I know they kind of are. I mean, it, it, it back. Mm. because I remember when Odegaard came in, there was that, you know, even on loan, it was a bit like, well, Emil Smith Rowe's just come in, he's doing really well in that position. But Emil Smith Rowe is great on the left, Odegaard's great in the middle. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, they definitely work in the same team, and that's the long term future. Because I think Emil Smith-Rowe should really probably be on the left of that. Do you know what I think the answer to that question is? I think the answer to that question is having a good striker. <laughs> like the answer to a lot of our questions. I really do, because they tend to have yeah. to do some of the setting work. Well, you know, if that ball's coming up from party, when typically that would be the ideal striker of X, whoever that is, <laughs> um, X, Y, Z. But but they're kind of having to do that work a little bit for them and take up those spaces when actually if we can, we can have this all-star striker, which is pretty much what we need for this system. They'll take a lot of that burden off those two. So I guess that is going to allow them to do what they do. You I don't know what you my think. Answer. That's no, literally, uh, I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, I like him on the left, the load of God down the middle. I think it was, I think all we need is that the final, the, the piece of the puzzle mm. is a striker. Um, it's almost as if we're watching the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, it's boring. It's as boring for the listener. All this agreeing. Yeah, but no, I think, hey, I think you're right. I think I, I mean, it wasn't one of the questions, but I, I actually used to quite like Pepe on the left. But um, yeah, no, 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 mate. That's that is uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I can't remember him having a bad game on the left. To be honest, I think he he has two options there. He can go he can go to the byline or he can cut back instead of cutting back every time. I always um, wondered why he never got a proper run in that position. I, I think personally, maybe the player doesn't like playing there. Because um, yeah. he just it, it, it was always like a no brainer for me. Like he always performed well there. And mm. then we go to the right and go, oh, okay, we're back to we're back to uh, yeah, back to this normal normal services resumed. But when he's not cutting in off, off off his right, so he's not cutting in towards his left. If that makes sense. And he's on the left. So he can actually run and really show that he's a really quick player. And that sounds really obvious, but the amount of times he cuts back, it's, his pace is pretty much pointless on the right. And then he, he has the option to make quick passes on the inside instead of like cutting in to make a pass. It's really slow. No one else is expecting the pass. And yeah, look, Pepe can still score goals and we are getting goals from midfield at the moment. But when you know when we're 2-1 down to Everton and you bring in on Eddie on the left instead of Pepe, I've got questions. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah. So it's a weird so, one, isn't it? Mm. Uh, he's best of a bad bunch. Yeah. Well, there's, this is the thing. There was another really good question here, which is I think is a more obvious question in response to this, which is from Azzy One One Eight: Is does Emil Smith Rowe replace Martinelli in the lineup in that position? Well, this comes back to what we were talking about, wasn't it? Like mm. even a run. Um, I, well, I suppose in, this, in the same in the same I note, because I know what you're about to say. Then... Where's this? Um, here we go. So, Puppy Master Brian, Puppy, I'm going to go on this guy's account. That sounds hilarious. Um, Puppy Master Brian says, "Should Gabby play up front?" So, if we take those two questions, then I'll put it to you. Then, like, uh, if Emil Smith replaces Martinelli on the lineup, which I, sh- I think he should, do you think Martinelli goes straight up front? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, uh, it's just too young, though. Like that no, whole front four is below didn't twenty-two. We play him up front against Southampton in the FA Cup. Oh, mate! Uh, this season, no, last we haven't season played FA, FA Cup this season. Last so season. You're we played him up front a couple right? of times, and he he, yeah. I played, he played it quite a few times under Emery, and he was brilliant. Uh, I think it, it. I think it just comes down to having a proper spell. Mm. Having this sort of in dipping your toe in, you're never going to get that consistency, right? Yeah. I just, I think it's too early for him to get a run in centre forward. Like... Well, uh, like a number 10. Well, he's not a number 10. Oh, well, is he? Yeah, I... Yeah. We don't really know what he is, and that's the question, isn't it? I like him off the left. I really like him off the left. Um, I liked him on the right. Um, and when he was under Emery, I liked him through the middle, but it was an extremely different system when he was through the middle for Emery. You know, he, this needs to be a really accomplished, experienced player that can basically do everything through the middle. So I'd like to give him a go, but where, when we're going to give him a go, right, yeah, anyone's, anyone's guess. Anyone's, yeah. I mean, it's good that we've got options there, right? Mm. You've got. It feels like we have. We can have a conversation going. Okay, we've got him. Or you know, it's not like we're saying, 
I mean, yeah. apart from the, the centre four position, that kind of front three is pretty much nailed on. The front three behind. Um, yeah. I, my question is: will, will we go into the market in January, or will we try and get to August? Yeah, there's a couple of questions is. about this. So I think so. Actually, to be fair, prod prod by Jay says. Um, do you want to still see Martinelli up top as a nine or stay as left wing? Personally, I think he's a winger. But when it comes to the signings, there's quite a few. Billy Mumford says, how many signings should we make in January and what positions? Question. I think... We should, if we could, buy an insanely good striker, but not settle for anything else. I think, it, it, like, striker is the next big one, and it's the most important one by a long stretch. So, so really, uh, it needs to be perfect, and I don't think that's going to happen this January, to be honest. Um, I'd like to see. It'll be a stopgap, right? If we went out now, mm, yeah. When we, you're never going to get. I mean, you're gonna if you if you're gonna go out for anyone um, long term, you're always gonna pay over the odds mm. in, in this time of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, in the dream world, we would get a new striker, but then I like, yeah, who would that be? I mean, that's a tough one. But we're always linked to players on I see on Twitter, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not one of these people who go, oh yeah, yeah, I watch them all the time, or I've seen a YouTube clip. I'm like, no. I don't know um, well, there's okay. the options uh, that have floated around that a few people said, like Jake, Jake, Nick, Jake Ginty. Um, he for Elmi says all of them say DCL, Vlahovic, or Isaac, basically. And DCL's injured. Isaac's um, had a bad season. And Vlahovic is going to be picked up by Man City, and we haven't got a chance, quite frankly. So it's a tough one. I, I think it's, there's, there's not a lot around because. Everybody plays one up top at the moment, pretty much. So there's not actually the half the amount, there's half the amount of decent strikers that are performing out there than there was 10 years ago because nobody plays two up top anymore. So even mm. in the Premier League, like, you know, you have to look as fantasy as far as fantasy Premier League, and it's really difficult to pick three good strikers on your team because like there's just not that many. There's half the amount there used right. to be. I think um, as well, like the I think the roles are changing. It's not like the old traditional four four two where you had like a nailed on position. No. I think players are so diverse now. I mean, look at City. I mean, I've always said like if City had a proper striker, I mean, I mean they're, they're good now. Yeah, they don't even have a striker. A proper striker. You know, they don't even um, need one. It's just such a different way of playing. So, um, but yeah. So, so, so there was but, a, but, what? Go on. No, no, I was going to go about Nicholas Pepe. There was one about, I swear I read mm. one about Nicholas Pepe. Well, just to finish that, though, actually, just on the transfer market, what would you want to do? What gaps are you seeing other than striker? Two positions for me um, striker and a proper defensive midfielder. Yeah, I think uh, an upgrade on Xhaka. I think. Massive, I, I, think yeah. I think I think Lukonga is slightly different to Xhaka, and I think he's probably one of, he will be our best midfielder. I think he's got an absolutely sky high ceiling. Um, I think he's unbelievable, Sam. He's a proper gem. But uh, I, I think a proper Rolls-Royce, like, been there, done that, Champions League level, defensive mid, I think you're right. Well, we got, we've been linked to Juan Yeldon. He's a good player. He's a very he's, good player. Where is he now? PSG. Went on a free, didn't he? Mm. He's very good. He's um, unbelievable. How old is he, though? Is he old, though? That's a good question. How old is he? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'll, I have no idea how to spell that guy's name. I'd be very surprised if we managed He's to get 31. Mm, yeah, no, he is 31. Although CDM... But is it another... West Ham... Uh, he's been linked to West Ham, into Milan, Arsenal and Newcastle. So, oh, yeah. well, I'm not sure about that kind of player. Because that's a bit of a Willian thing, isn't it? I, very, CDM, is... CDMs, they, they get, they're kind of like goalkeepers, aren't they? Like, you don't really need a lot of pace. You just need to be wise. Them, yeah. yeah no, it would be a risk, but it would be a good sign. playing smart, right? Absolutely. Um, um, go on. You had one more question. No, it, it was going back to the striker thing, and it was about Pepe playing up front. Um, Pepe being a striker. Yeah, it could work. Um, I'd always like to see it. He's a bit of a target man. He can do that sort of stuff. I just don't think he's intelligent enough, to be honest, as a footballer. And he hasn't got. He's not. I don't think he's strong enough. No. He's bullied. Do you yeah, remember just... when we played? When we went to chat to City and we played Willian down mm. the middle. Oh God, yeah. That was a weird one. Ridiculous. What about? So someone says Jao Felix. That was Shreyas. But I like it. It's great on FIFA. He's good on FIFA. Really is he that good FIFA. though? Is he going to be that good? Quite he's small, good, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I just don't think. Has he done that much at Atletico? Like, why would they be looking to sell him? Plus, he's twenty-two, and how much would like we have to pay for him? I think Suarez is that has been their main man, right? Mm. Winning the league. Mm. Diego Marijuana, lol, says, mm. with Aubameyang in a rut and Martial wants to leave United, should we move for the 26-year-old striker in January? I'm always a bit dubious around these these, these mm. things. Like, why doesn't it work there? I hear he's yeah. got a bit of a bad attitude, right? Um, yeah, I, I am completely uninspired by that. I think he's had his really good moments, so I can really see where this has, like, been thought of because... He's got quite a good highlight reel, but he's so inconsistent. And um, I think he could be good somewhere, but I'm a little bit concerned that his career is kind of just drifting a bit and he kind of works in flashes. So, no, I think not. All right, let's do one more. Um, What is a good one to finish on? Okay, so Tanya Fozard who always brings uh, some fantastic rounding off questions. What's your favorite halftime meal, the Emirates and what else should they sell? <laughs> um, can't beat pint of pint. No, I've never, you can't beat par. I've never, I never buy food at the Emirates. Do you not? I was getting, I would, no, I always get, expensive. When, when I get to away games though, yeah, it's expensive. It's a bit shit. I, mm. I don't like paying extortionate prices. Um, there is a very, very good pizza place on the Holloway Road next mm. door to the Islington Bar that I could strongly recommend. I know that's not the okay. question. They do fantastic pizzas. What's it called? Should we plug it? <laughs> it's next door. It's, it's on the Holloway Road. Holloway Road. It's the next door to the Islington Bar. Very good pizza. Islington um, Bar. Okay. Um, it's called the Islington Bar, do you say? The, the one next to it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll have a wee look. I mean, so um, l- let's say in a dream world, uh, you can bring in anything to to that. What would you What would you bring in? Any food? Well, look, hey, look. I mean, you're a, Realistically, you're a paying I, customer. Like a, Papa like Benito. Yeah, that'd be it. Papa, he's got a really funky mustache. The guy in the logo. Got a lot of time for that. 
might get one tonight. Sourdough pizza Romana. Mm, I tell you what, I, I wonder if it's on delivery, I'm getting it tonight. It's only about 15 minutes. Oh, of course. Away. Yeah, you should, honestly, it's really good. Mm, tempted, tempted. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, so in the dream world, you bring that pizza in. You'd have to do it by the slice, I feel. And like, but like a big sloppy one, you'd have to like have it greased out. <clears throat> greased out. <laughs> do you have garlic bread with it? Yeah, always. Oh, mate, a bit of garlic dip and a bit of garlic bread. Garlic anything, mate, to be honest. Garlic um, anything. Okay, I, I would have, uh, I would have like, and it sounds really basic, but I love like a, just a good ham sandwich. Like a good ham, like, wrap, I should say. Or like a goujon wrap. Like a, you just are a, so British. Mate, just get it in ham me. It's easy sandwich. to hold. Because you still have to think about the the like the mechanics of it. It's not something you need to knife and fork for. So it can't really be anything that's not involved some kind of pastry, bread, wrap kind of thing. So I could tell you, I could meet you halfway with a toasty. Toasty, excellent choice. Yeah, can meet you halfway with that. But cheese and goujon wrap. Next time you're in North London, I'm going to cook you a chicken goujon wrap, mate. I oh, am okay. the best at it. You know, little pickled chili, mate. Little pickled chilies in it, bit of mayo. Bit of sriracha sauce, even sometimes a little bit of Nando's, like, uh, nice. like mayo. But oh, mate, just, just it's good. It's really good. Bit of crunch. Do you have crisps with it? Right, I'm Christmas not in side. it. I, I'm bit of crisps. I just don't think that's. Pra- I'd have it separately. I wouldn't like. You don't want to have to start like handing out plates at the Emirates. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we don't get the prawn sandwich well, brigade. Could yeah, be, could be in club level though, right? True. True. Could do. Well, in which case, I'm going to get a roast dinner, but uh, that's another time. You know what they should do? They should what? do like York, the Yorkshire pudding by wraps. Oh, now, now we're talking. This is a serious. And serious then you business. have them in like mm. a cardboard tube. Mm. It's like a hot dog, right? And you can. Like, I think they peas, do that. I think gravy. They do them. They do them at Glastonbury. Yorkshire pudding wrap. I, I follow football away days, and they always post like really good like um, away day food. Like I saw like pork the other day was like pulled pork. Or pork mm. brisket, chips and gravy for like six quid. That's oh, what we want, good. right? That is what we want. We just want proper... Want. I just feel like the Emirates, it's all very... I mean, mm. it's... The target the target audience, isn't this, right? We're, we're not the people who are going to go and spend like 20 quid. It's the, no. people, it's, it's the people who are on a, on a day out jolly who are going to buy everything. <laughs> um, I've seen yeah. their hot dogs. They don't look... They don't look the most appetizing. No. And they've got rid of the offer as well now. It's who's one and can the house. Oh, I know. I think I was trying to get everyone in early, but they, they're doing that soon again. I think, like, if you get there early enough. But um... I had to pay. I had to pay five fifty on Saturday for a Budweiser that was out of a can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the one, is it? Twenty twenty one, mate. Next time you're up, come come over for mine for a bit. We'll have a few uh, beers before we go. Mate, definitely. I'm not, I don't know when I'm like, it's going to be down for a home game because we've got loads of Saturday three, three o'clock, and I. I do work some Saturdays. Um, I might I might try to, go to Burnley if you're out for Burnley. Oh, what date? It's like Burnley. Well, look, let's let's keep in touch because uh, we're rambling on and starting to make plans that are a bit sceptical at the moment. So we'll let everyone go and we'll take this offline. But thank you so much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, great for you. We went to the Arsenal, got West Ham on Wednesday, so it's all good. And to be honest, by the time you, everyone will be listening to this, it will be West Ham tomorrow. So can't wait. Looking forward to it. Um, speak to you next week. Thanks for listening.